Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today. The Houston Texans. Yes, the Houston Texans have quietly had one of the best offseasons in the league so far. Will their next move get people to finally take notice? Also, the New York Knicks are legitimately good, and Alabama has the easiest path to a championship. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. While everyone was paying attention to the Dallas Cowboys and some of their big-name moves and the Chicago Bears trading the number one overall pick, the Houston Texans may well have had the best offseason in the NFL from D'Amico Ryan's as their next head coach to value signings like Jimmy Ward, Dalton Schultz, Devin Singletary. John Higman from Locked On Texans joins me now. And, and John, am, am I overstating it? Or, or are the Texans having a stellar, stellar offseason? Great offseason. Great offseason. And it starts with hiring D'Amico Ryans as your head coach. It starts with bringing a guy into the building that you haven't had a head coach for a very long time, and that's somebody players actually believe in. Uh, and then from D'Amico Ryan's, listen, Shaq Mason, right? Trading for Shaq Mason, right. only giving up a sixth-round pick. And this is a offensive line, a unit that has struggled with protecting the quarterback and creating a push for their running backs. Now I got my coaching hat on right now. Um, but – no, this is not a this is not a you know a overstatement. This is a truth. When you take all of it out, all the biases out of it, the Houston Texans have had a great offseason so far. And, and so, like I understand, they were a, a bad team last year, and so Terrible. you you only Terrible. have one place to go when you're a really bad team, and that's up. But they did it in a smart way, building at some key positions. Where would you like to see them go? Where could they still add to maximally improve this team? I think right now for the Houston Texans, they've done a great job in free agency, landing some of the players, as we just mentioned. Uh, and I really do love the Devin Singletary because last week they signed Mike Boone. And I, I was kind of dumbfounded by that decision. But Devin Singletary is a immediate option at running back two. And at times – Depending on how the hours happening, he could get you know majority of the carries during a game. But for me right now, it has to be the draft number two overall. Who's not there? The other one will be. And I'm saying it if Bryce Young isn't there, CJ will be. If CJ isn't there, Bryce Young will be there. Address the quarterback position. And I also believe that in the draft, this is a perfect opportunity to go get a stud receiver. There's plenty in a draft. I believe so. There's three that comes to mind that I think at number 12 alone could change this receiving group, and they got to get an edge rusher. And right now, if I'm Nick Casario and D'Amico Ryans, I'm trying to figure out, and I'm, I'm having a discussion, whether or not we go at 12 edge and receiver 33 or vice versa. But I think those are the three main positions that Houston needs to address early on, get a, you know, a center later in the draft, but they got to get a quarterback, right? That's why you suck for the last three years. That's why you wait for the Deshaun Watson saga to end and he's finally in Cleveland and you wait for those picks. That's why you go through David Culley and Lovey Smith. Now you got the opportunity to land the guy. This is it. 
go do it. And, and I think that will be a perfect cap to this to this offseason so far. They've made some moves that I think if, if they were a contending team, you'd understand it. Like Robert Woods, Noah Brown, you you, you get Sheldon Rankins at, at a decent at a decent price. I mentioned Jimmy Ward. They re-signed Laramie Tunsil, um, who right. who gets a big money deal. They they kind of treated this offseason like they want to win with the understanding that they have to get this quarterback position right. What is the value, do you think, of of approaching it that way? Because I, I actually really like the way that they've done this to say, look, we know that we have a long way to go, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't take steps to try and get there to get Absolutely. 10 miles. You got to go one mile first. Absolutely. Peter, I'm, I'm going to say this, this doesn't come off as a team that's looking to pick top five again in next year's draft, right? This is a team. If we're being honest about the AFC South, there are still question marks about the Jacksonville Jaguars. Sure. They got hot late in the season and Tennessee got cold real fast. Tennessee has a lot of question marks around their quarterback position, their receiver position. And honestly, where there's smoke, there's fire. I wonder how long do they hold on to Derrick Henry? And then the Colts, I think, are in the exact same position as the Houston Texans. You make a couple of moves here and there, got a new head coach, then things can be on the up and up. But they're no different from the Houston Texans. And so I say all of that to say it would not shock or surprise me if mid-year, closer towards the end of the year, we're looking at this team and saying to ourselves, they're super competitive right now. They're making it harder, making it harder for other teams to win that division. Hell, we may even say the Texans are top two in the division, fighting for their number one spot. Stay up to date all here on the Houston Texans by following Locked On Sports Today and Locked On Texans on YouTube or wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, the New York Knicks look like one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference. Before we tell you why, we will look at an NBA legend that is making a bid to be a part of the NFL. The midway point of the NBA season has come and gone, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Or you can check out why the Kings are home dogs tonight. The easy answer is because they're playing the Boston Celtics. FanDuel likes the Celtics by four and a half in Sacramento over the Kings. You can also combine multiple prop bets in one game into a same game parlay for an even larger payout. So don't miss the chance. To get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. Irvin Magic Johnson has joined a group led by Josh Harris bidding to own the Washington Commanders, according to a recent ESPN report. Johnson, the Basketball Hall of Famer and part owner of the L.A. Dodgers, was part of the Harris Group when it failed to land the Denver Broncos last summer. Harris also owns the NBA's Philadelphia 76ers and the NHL's New Jersey Devils. Washington owners Dan and Tanya Snyder announced their intention to sell the team in November. Forbes listed the value of the franchise at over $5.5 billion with a B. With the NFL owners meeting in Phoenix starting Monday, there has been increased speculation over when a deal could be announced. 
Chicago Bulls guard Lonzo Ball underwent cartilage transplant surgery on his left knee earlier Monday. A procedure coach Billy Donovan said gives Ball the best chance to, at some point in the future, resume his NBA career. A pretty ominous thing to have your coach say about any injury. Ball hasn't played in a game since January 14th of last season. He initially had surgery a short time later to repair a torn meniscus in his left knee, and Chicago said he'd be back in six to eight weeks after missing the rest of the season, then continuing to have pain and discomfort in the knee over the summer. Ball had a second surgery in September. It was reported by Adrian Wojnarowski earlier in the week that this next surgery could cost him all of next season after having played in no games this season. On the hardwood, the Grizzlies were down by a bunch entering the fourth quarter, but found a way to beat the Doncic-less Mavericks. What a win for the Memphis Grizzlies. Another come from behind victory down double digits entering the fourth quarter. Do you feel that? you feel that? Could, could that be the immaculate vibes returning? It's not just John Morant coming back into the fold. Maybe things are starting to look up for the Memphis Grizzlies. I'm Joe Molinax of Lockdown Grizzlies, and the Grizzlies were not doing particularly well going into the fourth quarter down double digits. The third quarter is usually where Memphis does their damage. Kudos to the Mavericks. They beat the Grizzlies at their own game through three quarters, getting to the basket, being aggressive in the paint. But it was because of the unlikely other guys, the Luke Kennards, the David Roddies, the Santi Aldamas with a massive double-double off the bench. The John Conchars. I have to praise John Conchar. Kudos to him for a remarkable performance in that fourth quarter to help the Grizzlies get back in the game. A major win with John Morant back in the building. The vibes are coming back. On the ice, the Red Wings were run over at home by the Florida Panthers. Red Wings dropped their third straight game, losing to the Florida Panthers 5-2 at LCA. Scotty, wasn't a pretty game. No, it, it really wasn't a pretty game. And, and you know, I, the Wings were, A, had an opportunity to win it late, but B, didn't get, like, significantly outplayed or anything. It was just a, a really, really kind of dirty game on both sides for both teams. And... Uh, they found themselves on the losing end. And honestly, uh, uh, at least two of the worst turnovers I've seen in a very long time that both led to goals uh, for, for the opposing team. And that's just kind of how tonight felt like it went. Well, and two goals as well that were tipped off our own players that yeah. ended up resulting in the back of the net. Just all-around mistakes shot Gross. themselves in the foot. But Simon Edvinson had a fantastic game. And that... that is a reason to continue to watch. And we'll talk about that on Tuesday's episode of Lockdown Red Wing. And the Edmonton Oilers hosted the team with the fewest wins in the NHL, the San Jose Sharks. Did we just see the game of the year at Rogers Place? Hi, my name is Brett Holden from Locked On Oilers, and it wasn't just any 5-4 overtime victory for the Edmonton Oilers over the San Jose Sharks. It was an absolute thriller. 13 pucks went into the net in this one. Only nine goals counted in this game. Numerous coaches' challenges from anywhere, from goalie interference to offside to this, that, and the other thing, but it doesn't matter as it was Darnell Nurse getting the game-winning goal for the Oilers in this one. That is his fourth overtime winner in his career, the most amongst Edmonton Oilers defensemen 
of all time. Here is another story you need to know. The New York Knicks have had a resurgent season. They are in the driver's seat for the fifth seed in the Eastern Conference, and but they probably weren't going to catch the Cavs anyway. But man, this one hurts. Julius Randle scores 57, and the Knicks blow a late lead to lose to the Timberwolves 140 to 134. Joining me now from Locked On Knicks, Alex Wolf. And, and Alex, I know that the Knicks have been a great story really uh, in, in the new year. But this is one of those that at the end of the, the season, they may be going, it really would have been nice to have this one. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they're they're sweating it too hard if this means being locked into the fifth seed instead of the, like like if it was a tougher race for the, the fifth and sixth seed and they had just lost a game of ground on the sixth seed, that would hurt a lot more. Uh, as it stands right now, if, if the series is more or less set between them and the Cavs, which as long as the Knicks or the Cavs don't collapse that should happen uh i don't think they're like totally sweating home court advantage because the knicks play really really good on the road anyway like they're one of the best road teams in the nba um so yeah just in terms of just the the scope of this game i don't know if it was huge in terms of the single game bummerness of it all it was (laughs) it was not fun i mean it's it was so cool to see Julius go go that crazy. Um, second highest scoring effort in Knicks history behind only Carmelo Anthony's 62. I think he tied with Richie Guerin with the 57 as his final number uh, for second place all time. So, I mean, it just always sucks to see an effort like that go squandered. But the reality of this game was just like Torian Prince especially was just so crazy hot he went like eight of eight from three which is yep. insane um 12 of 13 for the game and it, it was the yeah. defense for the knicks that was the problem mm-hmm. uh the timberwolves shoot 61 percent in this game they shoot over 58 percent from three and they're just going to be knights like that i think weirdly for a tibbs team that is the question with this team right Do, are they going to be able to have enough defensively with their key guys like jalen brunson and julius randall not being elite defensive players but they're getting really good contributions from from you know guys like um, Emmanuel quickly and and some of these other players off the bench. So the the shape of this team did this did this game or um, does what I just said give you any questions about the, the the completeness of this team for a playoff series? Not really. I mean, I would push back a little bit on Randall not being a good defender. I actually think he's been quite good this year. Like when he's locked in, he's a fantastic, especially man on man defender. He's maybe the best one on the team which is really saying something. I mean, he's just, because of the size that he possesses and everything else. I mean, he's, he's had some great one-on-one possessions against some very elite players and, and shut them down. So, I mean, that part is fine. Brunson, you know, comes with his limitations, but you take those limitations all day. It's sort of like, I mean, like the Atlanta Hawks, like have Trey young who can't defend anything. Right. And, and yet he more than makes up for it on the offense. Then Brunson at least tries, like he plays passing lanes. Well, he generates steals that way. Um, he basically is only lacking in like the physical attributes category, like the, the intangibles on defense are there. It's just like, unfortunately he's six foot, nothing and not particularly like long defensively and stuff like that. So that holds him back in that regard, but he's always out there like doing his best, uh, which is, you know, worth something, uh, I think. But, like, in general, I feel you with the – are the Knicks good enough defensively going into the playoffs? Like, there are some questions for sure. I think they play this interesting game of 
playing the averages when they play teams. And you saw that kind of play out in this game and you've seen it play out in some games recently. And it, it burned them more last year than it has this year. It seems to have worked out better for them overall this year, but they have this certain philosophy of letting the lower percentage three point guys on other teams shoot like a lot. And occasionally one of those guys that's like a 30% three point shooter will go absolutely crazy um, and just completely torch them. Stay up to date all year on the New York Knicks by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Knicks on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Coming up, Alabama has the easiest road to the championship. The Built March Madness bracket is here. We know you have a favorite bar or puff, and now's your time to make it count. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorite. You know I'll be voting for the Coconut Puff. Support your favorite bar or puff with a vote. And when you vote, for your favorite bar or puff, you'll be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky Locked On listeners will get a free box of Built. Not only that, but one Locked On fan will win a 12-month subscription to Built and have Built's best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. I wish I could win. You got to try Built, the best protein bar ever. Seriously, they're so amazing. You will not believe how good they are. I have to resupply myself. What makes Built Bars and Built Puffs so good? High in protein, low in sugar, covered in 100% real chocolate. That's all you need to know. They taste amazing and they fuel your body the way you want it fueled. Run to BuiltMarchMadness.com now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every Monday in March, so hop in and support your pick. There are only two number one seeds in the Sweet 16 this year. Naturally, they are the two favorites to go all the way. Andy Patton and Isaac Shade look at why Alabama has an easier road to a championship than Houston on the latest Locked On College basketball. There's just so many pieces to this Mm -hmm. Alabama squad. And oh, let's not forget that it's their defense that is so wildly elite to go with that strong offense. And so, Andy, it sounds like you're tipping your cards a little bit that maybe Houston is the team of these four that you're going to take. I am riding with Bama as the team of these four that I still feel great about. Plus, they're the team I have in my bracket winning, so I got to back it up. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, th- I like Bama's path right now. You know, I, I think Maryland was was uh, an opponent that I felt comfortable that they would beat, and that's what ended up happening here. They gave up 11 points in the first four minutes and then just locked in after that 40 40- 40 points in the final 16 minutes uh, for Maryland in that game against Bama. And, and you look, they're going to have San Diego state next. We'll talk a little bit more about that game later. Uh, that's a, that's a, a pretty winnable game for them. No disrespect to the Aztecs, but I, I think that that's a, a good matchup for Alabama. After that, they get some, one of the three between Creighton Baylor and Princeton, uh, all good teams, but, to me, Alabama is kind of head and shoulders above the rest of the teams that they're going to face on the path to the final four. And I know it doesn't always come down to this, but when it comes to Alabama versus Houston, and we're not talking just about which team is better, we're talking about whose path is easier. Alabama does have the trump card, and that is Brandon Miller, a future top three Pick some are saying the second overall pick after Victor Wembenyama that Brandon Miller's season on the basketball court has surpassed Scoot Henderson, even with his connection to uh, a gun that was involved in an alleged murder. Brandon Miller is playing basketball for Alabama. And we don't have to get into 
all of the moral issues that that could raise for you, he's playing. So we know he's playing. He might be that difference maker, that separator when it comes to these two teams having to win one game. And that's what this is, a one-game sample. You have to win any game in a one-game sample. Brandon Miller is maybe the one guy in college basketball you would pick to help you win it. And finally, Miami shocked number one seed Indiana on Monday night to advance to the Women's Sweet 16. As cool an upset as it is for twin sisters Hannah and Haley Cavender, it's even sweeter. Until playing for the Hurricanes this year, the Cavender twins had never experienced success in the NCAA tournament. This, despite their prowess with name, image, and likeness, where they raked in $1.7 million this year in various sponsorship deals. In the world of NIL, that is still growing. The Cavenders are ahead of the metaphorical game. Now they are experiencing success on the court, in the game that they play, too. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up tomorrow, who has fallen behind in the NFL offseason? So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on sports today.